Yo, what's up? This is Flex Alexander. It's your man Carl Payne. And you're listening to the Eminem and Eminem show. Mm, okay. <laughs> Did I say too many M's? <laughs> what's going on, world? It's your man, Mr. Mech. And I'm Crystal Levin. This is the Eminem and M show, a.k.a. the... Okay. Show coming to you live and direct with somebody who's got just as much, much brains as she does beauty. She's also got a huge heart, which matches the size of her style and... She's doing some good work, and I'm not just talking about putting thirst traps on Instagram. She is doing the Lord's work, and I'm not just talking about some of those bikini pics. Ladies and gentlemen, could you please introduce yourself one time so folks know I'm not lying? Hi, I'm Brianna Michelle, um, model, actress, but founder of Voices Beyond Assault. Wait, say it again. What's the name of it again? I think it was Voices, Voices Beyond Assault. Wonderful. Nice to meet you. Thank you for joining us. Thank you for having me. So, go 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 for it, Chris. I'm quick question: I, I know I'm the pretty always, girl privilege. I'm always curious how we get our guests, and Mecca always brings us fascinating people. How do you guys go back? How did you find this one, Mecca? Oh, uh, super simple. I have a homegirl. I, I visited Cali. I was out there for business. I made it a point to catch up with some folks who um, I haven't gotten a chance to spoke, speak to in a while. My homegirl. Uh, Invited me out to dinner. She says, I'm bringing a friend of mine. Is that cool? I say, no problem. This is the friend that just comes sashaying up and uh, sitting on down at the table in all her oh, chocolate hello. glory. And, um, <laughs> hey, yeah. <laughs> I'm After we got into the conversation, um, you know, outside of the, uh, there was a lot more to her than just looks. She started telling me about this foundation that she's a part of. And um, it, it definitely became the way we handle relationships and the way we handle male-female dynamics on this show. Right. Um, somebody who's talking about the darker side of those interactions and where those interactions go left and what happens after them really spoke to me, especially since it's a topic that we've covered before, but I don't think we've ever had the opportunity to cover it this close. Okay. So I don't want to break into I kind of want to let Bree... Uh, Brianna, you know, paved pave the way for that and 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 uh, explain it from her her POV directly. I don't even want to try and talk it up. I want her to do it. Absolutely, that's why she's here. <laughs> so, um, how long? When did you? How did you? Explain. I'm so curious. Yes. Yeah, so. When we met, it was a pleasure to meet you. So that wasn't what she told me. So it was supposed to be me and her out eating. And then she was like, oh, I have a friend that's in town that's coming to dinner. And do you mind? I was like, okay. <laughs> she played both sides of Word, yeah, disrespectful. Like, hurry up, though, because we were hungry. And he got lost. He couldn't find us. And he finally sat down. And he was dope. And um, here we are. Um, but just a little background on me. Um, I started... Voices Beyond Assault because I'm a survivor of sexual violence. Um, when I was younger, molested, didn't really understand what that was as a child. Um, grew up, went to college, thought I was like young girl, getting ready to, you know, just for something new. I'm from Seattle, Washington. Um, went to Clark Atlanta University, a historically black college, just to kind of have that experience. My second year in college, um, I was brutally raped, strangled, and kidnapped. And um, here I am, <laughs> you know, though wow. this whole time strangling me was like, you're gonna die tonight, but she's alive. And, you know, throughout my process of healing and progressing through all that, um, you know, I just started meeting so many people who I experienced that too. I experienced that too. I experienced that too. And it was a shock to me because I'm like, wow, this actually happens. You know, you see things on TV and you're like, oh, she should have did this, you know, she could have did this, but when you're in that situation of um, being silenced, then all you know is trying to breathe, you know? Mm -hmm. um, so you're meeting all these people who are survivors. I actually like, kind of like shunt out my friends because I always feel like misery loves company, right? And my friends didn't really understand like my days when I was extremely happy for no reason or I was extremely frustrated or I felt triggers or all, you know, those things. They didn't get that. Um, so the people that I met who were survivors became my friends. And um, those are the people I decided to hang out with because I felt like they got me, they understood me. You know, there was some type of connection there. Mm -hmm. And I would have like writing sessions, I would have champagne nights, I would have dinners with them. And it would just be 
for us to check on each other. Sir, we are in our healing journey, what we needed from each other, how we can help each other, how we can grow. Because I still stayed in college. I didn't leave Atlanta, even though my mom, of course, wanted me to go back to Seattle. I'm like, I'm in my second semester. I'm already in debt. Like, let me finish <laughs> this, you know, school. Um, so, you know, with that, you know, I just started building these, like, connections with people and I was like creating these nights that were fun for us and um, I tried therapy um, we went to trial they found him two years later by DNA um, he was the only guy I picked out of all the lineups and we went to trial and I testified he was there um, I remember being on the stand and the lawyer you know lawyer was like you know um, cry <laughs> there was no tears left in my body to fucking cry I was angry you know, and he's looking at me, he's smirking. It's all these like weird things in the, in the courtroom, you know, all the questions that they ask, all the, you know, all of that. Um, but he got found not guilty of attempted murder, rape, kidnapping, and theft by force. And I immediately moved from Atlanta to New York in two days. Um, and then, you know, I really wanted to be a PR agent. I graduated with a mass communication, international business degree. I wanted to be a PR agent. I was excited about my life, thinking I was going to stay in Atlanta. But then that happened. Um, I went to New York and modeling came about. Um, I was scouted on a train. And so my life kind of ripple effects and me modeling. And, you know, that's a whole very, you know, that whole environment of sex and, you know, all that is a different Selling, space. Yeah, visual, yeah. Yeah, it's Selling a different the dream. space. <laughs> yeah yeah um but you know i was very at that point like there was no taking advantage of me at that point because now i'm like hitting the ground running it's survival mode now mm -hmm. um and being that he was out of jail and he had you know my social security number my id like he had all of my information it was always me blinders you know like a third eye um always watching my back always trying to see if i'm safe so i'm just living in the survival mode started going to therapy um therapy wasn't my jam you know, therapy is not for everybody. Um, I went to therapy one time. I always tell people this story because this is where VBA really came about. I went to therapy one day. I woke up, bad mood, a little broke, <laughs> like trying to figure what life is. Um, I woke up, you know, in New York, running to the train to get to, you know, the therapy, <laughs> mm -hmm. um, which is all, you know, everything is just rush, rush, rush. And I stress, get there. Stress, stress, yeah. Yes, you know, and it was just so much. I was just so much going on. And I get there and she's like, how's your day going? I'm like, you know, I'm not having a good day. She was like, oh, it's because of the rape. And I was like, it has nothing to fucking do with the rape. You know what I'm saying? Like everything doesn't live. I don't live in that all the time. You know, I woke up, I'm stressed, I'm broke. You know what I mean? There's so many other things. That's, that's happening. enough. That's just, right. Yeah. And there's that's that happened, but that's not every piece of my problem. Yeah. yeah, and that's not like life, you know. Mm -hmm. Um, and I remember leaving, and I told my mom, I was like, I can't do this therapy, I can't do it. And she was like, Well, as my daughter, um, you're gonna figure out how to survive, you're a survivor now. So, whatever you need for yourself mm -hmm. to make sure that you're the best you, figure it out, you know. Um, I'm here with you every step of the way. Um, I'm you know, I'm holding your hand throughout this whole process, and you know, I started doing yoga, I started praying more. You know, because I was mad at God for a while. Um, but, you know, I started praying more. I started doing yoga. I started running. I started exercising. And those things were a sense of relief for me. Can I um, point out that those are forms of therapy? That therapy isn't are, only therapy. Like therapy one-on-one yeah. -on -one with a doctor or a psychologist, psychiatrist isn't the yep. only form. So all these it's, other things that you're mentioning are yep. self-care, self-love, and a, yep. other forms exactly. of therapy. So, yep, anyway. 100%. 100%. And um, again, I started being in New York and meeting more survivors, you know? Um, it's like almost every other person that I met, it's just crazy. Um, and then I started doing the same things in New York, like, you know, doing the wine nights and all that stuff. And what I realized is there was a vacant space for organizations that truly empower survivors. There's beauty in survival, right? Mm -hmm. um, as we get up, we, we make up, we go to work, uh, we figure things out, you know, because we don't have any other option but to figure things out. Um, we're not crying every damn day, you know. Um, and so I wanted to really create an organization that empowered survivors, that created survivorships, created connections. And Voices Beyond Assault became to be. <laughs> and uh, moved to L.A. Um, and embarking on more like film, acting, commercial worlds. And... Um, VBA really, I got my 501c3 <laughs> and I was really nervous when I applied. 
I got my letter back. I didn't even open that shit at first because I was like, hey, how, what am I doing? You know what I mean? I had no idea what I was doing, but I knew I wanted to do something that was going to be impactful and really change the lives of survivors and change the face of what survivors look like. Because um, we still love ourselves. There's, there's just still growth of like loving yourself again, becoming, you know, still being feminine, still being sexier, still being masculine or whatever, because it's not just women. I guess actually it's often men do as well. Um, and yeah, we started Voices Beyond Assault and we're dedicated to empowering survivors, amplifying their voices um, and creating innovative therapy, therapy methods for them that um, just transcends for them to thrive and to grow and to blossom in this life. I have a question. So. Um, it sort of stems from the idea of therapy and catharsis. So like being able to say things out loud is probably getting started is the hardest part, right? Right. Admitting that you're, you were a victim or admitting what happened or saying it out loud. It's amazing to hear you speak because you've clearly had a lot of practice at it. So even saying really, really horrible things, you don't have to say it with a grimace. You don't have to cry and choke up when you say it. I mean, saying those words like yeah. aggravated, like choked, raped and kidnapped, like all these things are yeah. horrible Crazy. words to say, but a, a, yeah. being able to say it in a way that's also like the emotion and the pain it's not gone but it's not controlling you yes that doesn't define who i am i'm a victim Um, i know most women have some form some story of being victimized and a lot of people you're right about the male thing um how would you suggest to people to women to whoever um to take those first steps how do you do that like how do you wrap your mind around it how do you because some people okay i'll i'll continue after yeah no i i no i appreciate that because um it is like you know i do say it and people are like what what the fuck and i'm not saying it because i'm like throwing yeah i'm not throwing it in the air and like it didn't matter i I was a hundred percent like whoa what the fuck like are are you serious like it's when she described it the first time it's it's the kind of thing you only hear in like the movies or the news and here yeah. is here's this perfectly like you know self-assured this, no but it's just <laughs> uh, 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 and I, I don't mean this to but like a regular looking woman you know what i mean right not what i picture the victim of something that horrific looking like and it just goes to show you never know who's carrying what they're just walking around every day and you hear the stats and it's so it's mind blowing, but here it is right in front of me. You're right. Yeah. I mean, you no, know, it's it's um, something to say about um, when something like that happens to you, and it doesn't have to be that tragic. It can be, you know, molestation. It can be grooming. It can be um, sex trafficking. Like or whatever. Yeah, you know, it can be something. So most people are raped by or sexually assaulted by people that they know more so than it's strangers so like a lot of the times people think rape like you're in an alley someone's gonna attack you you know like it's not like that a lot of times it's grooming it's family it's friends it's boyfriends it's husbands um that do these type of acts um and a lot of times it's the people who most of the time it's the people who are vulnerable you know um they take advantage of vulnerability it's power is control we will never understand it because that's not our mindset to rape and to molest and to do those things um but i would say to anyone who's experienced sexual assault it's just owning your truth you know what i mean it's something that happened to you like trust your you know like trust your words that come out of your mouth and the way you share your story you know because it is yours like no one can take your story away from you um unless you allow it to be taken away from you and uh, easier said than done you know it takes time you know it's not like just i was just in a sense blessed enough to have a mother that was like you were victimized you're not a victim it's a right. difference right. um and so, yeah yeah and soon as you get from soon after that rape happened immediately i'm a survivor because i survived it <laughs> you know and now it's like living okay. in the survival mode and you know figuring it out you know um but don't let don't let anyone take your story from you. Don't let anyone who, when you share your story, as soon as they ask, but what did you do? How did you do that? What, what happened? Those are the people you don't need to talk to. Talk to someone that you trust 
someone that you know will be there and believe you and listen to you and don't make it about them. It's not about anybody that you share your story with. They should be listening to you. Um, but know that your voice is yours, your story is yours, and your truth is yours. Um, and don't let anyone take that from you. I've thought in the past, and this is shame on me, um, that people that shared their stories, there's like, you know, all these books, all these memoirs, all these, and it wasn't just about sexual um, abuse or, or rape or, it was just everyone telling their, like all their shit yeah. to the world. Yeah. And I started yeah. to feel like everybody has shit, get over it. Everybody does. I don't want to read everybody's book, right? And that's how I started to feel. And this is, you know, I don't have to read them. Keep putting them out though. Yeah, exactly. And that's and that's how I had to get over it. I was like, listen, I don't have to read everybody's story, but maybe the ones that do speak to me could help me. And therefore, if you have something to say, it doesn't mean that you're looking for a spotlight or to get on by your pain or trauma. Because yeah, that's what I are. started to think. Well, I'm saying, but if getting attention or getting fame or money off of a book or off of a platform is not a crime, but also that it's okay to do it just to get it out because that in itself is helpful. I mean, listen, so I, when you yeah. when you speak your truth, you share your story, it's for you. And it's for you to take that bag off of you, you know? Because a lot of times we're carrying heavy backpacks that don't belong to us a lot of times, you know? And, you know, we're carrying things and we're carrying things and we're carrying things. When you use your voice, when you're writing, let your shit out. And if you don't want to read it, no one else wants, they don't have to, it ain't for them. It ain't for you if you don't want to hear it, you know? But my story um, has nothing to do with anybody. It's mine <laughs> and right. I'm sharing it. And whoever don't want to hear it, it ain't close your ears. Turn around, don't read it, don't listen to me. It's not about you or anyone else who doesn't want to hear those type of things. And, you know, it's a lot of time with this judgment of because people have pain and because people have um, a story it's not everything is not for clout <laughs> you know what i mean right. it's not it's for people to release and let and go of things and it's insecure it was insecure me <laughs> insecure people that feel that everything is for clout or for whatever like yeah. i was i was offended that people were yeah like trying to share too much and it was because yeah. i wasn't ready to share so yeah yeah no you know a lot of times it's, it's people do have a their reflection is what mm -hmm. shows. It's like, you know, when people are super judgmental or have always have something to say about somebody, it really shows the insecurity in themselves and it shows the lack of like just their own love. And it ain't got nothing to do with you, you know? And it's empathy like, um, and readiness to, to really deal with any of those issues, I think. Yep. Yeah. Well, yeah. Empathy and compassion is essential. Yeah, I've always thought there was a huge difference um, between venting and whining. Mm, and once is. you learn to spot the difference, it becomes a little easier to, to, to spot who's whining about a self-inflicted issue and who's venting to let to put the bag down, to take the book bag off that she's mm. describing. Like two, two totally different things. People who are clout chasing nine times out of 10, they're whining about a self-inflicted issue. The hardship that they're complaining mm. about is something that they brought on themselves or, or something, you know, uh, my, my father used to hate it when I said something like, um, I never ha I didn't have a choice. He was like, yes, you did. You just didn't like your options. You definitely Ooh. had a choice. You just didn't like your options. And father's like wisdom that. always comes through. <laughs> yeah, always. They always do. We forget. Like when our parents tell us someone we're young, we're like, Ugh. and as soon as we get old, we're like, I start telling it. That makes sense. I start explaining <laughs> things. And I'm like, my mom said this and I didn't want to hear it, but yeah, now I basically. use it all the time. I've been telling yeah. people, this is my mom's wisdom. <laughs> my father was always down for a good vent. If I was getting it up off me, he was cool with it. The second yeah. I started whining, i.e. not looking for a solution, i.e. Mm -hmm. uh, just repeating and loving my misery, he would stop me dead in my tracks and be like, ain't nobody got time for that. If all you want to do is know complain, what? you can do that on your own. Yeah, you know what? Uh, my mom used to say to me, um, uh, like, you know, she'll ask me something and I'm complaining about something. She said, it's best to not complain if you haven't even thought about a solution of how to make it better. You know what I mean? No one that constantly listen to you always having a problem, always having an issue. It's like, what is a solution that you may have that can make it better? Because, you know, it's just like anything in life. It's like you want 
things should be peaceful in some sense even though uh, the world is chaotic and all that stuff there should be some type of inner peace that you find within yourself to even silence the noise that's around you um you know again easier said than done <laughs> but a, do you know doable. the um the instagram page the council no this girl katie florence she made it and she basically plays different pieces of herself so she plays the brain the heart the lady parts the anxiety just oh, different I've outfits. Seen her. That, that's a different, great one. She's got a big old smile. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. um, anyway, but part of that is um, wait, what was I actually going to say about her? Um, oh, the, she suggested because it's Mental Health Awareness Month, May mm-hmm. um, is a, a tool that she taught. Her brain taught anxiety, which was, you know, say something that keeps you up at night, like anxiety. Ah, oh, that I'll die alone and no one will ever love me. And she's like, how mm-hmm. how strongly do you feel that? on a one to 10. And she was like, a 10. She was like, well, that's extreme. But um, she goes, now think of a solution or think of something less extreme than that. Well, I guess I'm still young and it doesn't mean I'm gonna die. Like, so how strongly do you feel it now? Like a two or whatever. I mean, it was just Mm -hmm. a tool, but a way to, this is my big problem. All right, now take that down a notch, think of a solution. And now how big is that problem? Yep. So mini therapy. Mini thing. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> we all need it in some form. You know, I'm not I'm definitely not shunning therapy because I think therapy works for many people. It's, um, and it's you know, and it helps many people. But you have to find your therapist, right? right. You have I was going to say, because they're still human too. You don't yeah, get along with everybody. Therapists, <laughs> have therapists. therapists have therapists. Okay. Right. <laughs> so, have doctors. Yeah. You know, exactly. So, I'm a trainer and I have a trainer. So yeah, <laughs> right, right. You know, it's like one of those things, um, you know, and I just feel that, you know, just in my survival, I just really feel like just being able to empower survivors to like really live in their truth and to to know that they're not alone. Um, and I always want to create safe spaces for survivors um, where they can go and they know that, you know, there's people that support them, that hear them, they see them, uh, we believe them. Um, and there's a survivorship yeah believing, believing. Within yeah because you know all the people are like well, why why well where were you there last clothes did you have on i remember when i was talking to the detectives too it was the same shit like what do you you know like you sure you didn't know him you don't like to be choked when you're raped i'm like not that choked, <laughs> like, choked. You choked when you're... yeah not well, yeah the not. victim blaming victim blaming shaming yeah. slut shaming all those type of things yeah, it's horrible. I have a, a, another question, and because I asked how to come out as a victim to say, or as mm-hmm. someone who was victimized, someone yeah. who experienced it, how to come out and the importance of saying something. How do you suggest people that are being told, like the listener, the friend, the trusted friend? How do you? You said something about just listening. You should. It shouldn't be about them, but like some yeah. advice for that. Because listen, I'm a sensitive person, and when I express my pain or frustrations to some of my friends they're like i don't have time for this emo shit leave me alone and i'm like i feel i don't even feel like it's safe to say it anymore to them and they aren't able to listen but so i need to find someone else but like i think everyone needs compassion and help listening yeah no um (laughs) you know for example like um after the rape and he dropped himself off um because everything happened in my car um he dropped himself off. I got in my car and I was actually staying with my girlfriend at Spelman because um, something was going on with our dorms or something. So I was staying with her at Spelman. And I'm like, when I get there, I just thought that she was going to be in class. And I was like, I'm going to create this story like I got beat up. Um, like, I just didn't. I'm like, who's going to believe that I was raped and strained in my own like, car? Kidnapped. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Just And I was supposed to meet friends that night. So I didn't show up. Um, and... You know, like, I was just like, okay, let me create this whole story. Like, if she's not there, I can shower, I can go to school, and I can just say this. But I got there. Um, soon as I was walking in, she was walking out. Um, my face is this big, eyes, you know, bulging out of my face, bloodshot red. And she's like, Brianna, what happened to you? And I was like, you know, I got to go to class. Like, I just need to get in the shower. And, you know, I'm trying to, like, just run it past her. Like, you know, but obviously she knows something's wrong. Like, I look fucked you know um and i said it a few more times and she just put two and two together she was like no we're going to the fucking hospital you know that's it no shower no nothing let's go and she took me straight to the hospital so it takes um 
if someone shares something, especially as a friend, you know what I mean? You, there is supposed to be empathy. Um, there's supposed to always be compassion for your friends. Um, and it's just listening and being there and being available. Um, and if you can't do that, you're not a friend. I mean, I just, I can't associate friendship with not listening and not hearing and not supporting. I don't even know what that looks like. Cause that's, to me, it's not, it's, a lot of people strangers. misuse the F word. A lot of people misuse yeah. the F word. Everyone thinks I'm yeah. 200 friends. How many friends do you really have? Yeah, exactly. Like, have a lot know, of acquaintances. Yeah, yeah I was blessed one. to have amazing mom. So I knew what a friend looked like, you know? Right. It's one thing to be supportive. Um, I, I can I'm I, I consider myself supportive. I'm also I'm also careful to let you dwell on your BS. However, <laughs> see, seeing as how this is not BS, and seeing as how this is not something that I or anyone else have the right to rush you away from. Because mm. you you know what I mean? I, I don't even right. know what this process looks like, which leads me to my question. As someone who considers himself who would like to consider himself an advocate for women and someone who wants to consider himself a supporter and and, and, you know you you wanted who who just wants to do the right thing right what does Mm -hmm. that look like for you what does that person need to do in a room full of survivors if i was to come to the uh the retreat that you did What's what's oh. my role? How how do I that not saying that I'd ever be at the retreat, but it, you know, just well, even if I'm in a situation where I found out yeah. what what do I do in that in that place to show you that you are supported, that you are cared about, that you know, I I, I really give a fuck and I I would like to help right. if that's even possible. What what does that look yeah. like? So three things. I wanna explain what the retreat was. Um, so the retreat was to bring survivors together to celebrate themselves. Um, so okay. April was Thought Awareness Month. Um, and I was blessed enough that Sunstone Winery and Vineyard gave me the whole villa to have an event for free, which is almost 50 to $100,000 a night to be there. Um, I was blessed enough to be able to have that space. Um, and I wanted to create a safe space where survivors can come together um connect with each other um see themselves through other people's eyes you know that experience the same thing and create a survivorship and a network um survivors came up some of them came up and shared their stories and where they are on their healing journey and we just want to make sure that we keep in contact to make sure that they're still thriving they're still going and they still have a connection they still have a support um unit within vba um a lot of people were there i flew my mom sorry Sorry, my mom's actually in the emergency room. I think she broke her ankle. Um, I know. Sorry, my aunt's just calling. But um, yeah, so, you know, like my mom, I flew my mom and my aunt out because I wouldn't be survivors without either one of them. And then also, um, you know, there was family there. There were other people there that weren't survivors, Mm -hmm. Um, like the chef that came, you know, and people who were helping the production team that came out. They're not survivors. But what happened? Oh, this particular thing. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, but you know, like I met a lot of guys um, post my um, experience that they're like, oh man, like I know so many girls that that experienced that. And it's like, when do men stand up and like, you know, it's almost passing the mic to be like, you know, I understand you. I get you. It's okay. You're safe in my space. It's just showing, I think energy is big. You know what I mean? Like, Mecca, I would have never shared my story if I didn't feel like I could trust you or I felt safe in your in your, in your your aura. You know what I mean? And Fair I enough. did, quickly. You know, quickly. And so I think it's just really... Thank you for that. Is yeah. It, is it what he said Thank or you. is it just aura? I'm curious, like, what made you feel It's like energy. You know, I mean, if, if you know energy... You got, yeah. yeah, if you know energy, you feel it. You know, um... And I do, you know, I feel like almost, you know, I almost died. So it's like, I'm very particular. The people that I communicate with, I come in contact with, um, that I share my, my energy with or my aura with, you know what I mean? I don't want to just be around anybody, you know, like I don't. (laughs) Um, and I think it's a lot of times when you meet people, there's, it's this like safe space that you just feel, you know, for me, not everybody has that. 
Um, but I just think that if you're a man and you're supporting women or you're supporting survivors, because um, there's BIPOCs, there, you know, transgender, there's men that also experience these things. It's just knowing that I hear you, I see you, and you're safe here. Awesome. That's it. Yeah. There's a, there's a piece in there. You were talking about being really careful about your energy. There's also, as I looked at your page and I just saw a few of the posts, um, there's some unexpected reactions that some people can have after being victimized. And in my case, I'm going to share this and try not to get all weird about it, but I had the opposite response. I I had the opposite response. I became less careful, not less careful. After my experience during college, which just involved multiple people and guns. So it was pretty traumatic and horrible. Um, I actually, I was out there, if you will. People thought I was party girl, like loose. I was trying to control my experiences by mm. pretending I didn't care. Yeah. By pretending sex was just a game. It was fun. I could do it without strings. I didn't I was I made my my I separated from my body instead body, of yeah. and so when people found out they were like, you can't be a victim because mm. you a hoe. <laughs> and yeah, I was yeah. so then I'm confused. I'm like, was I actually traumatized by this or did I get mm. over it? And then I read so much after the fact and found out years later that that is a really common response, actually. Yes. More common than you would think. Was yes. becoming hypersexualized instead of desexualized. Because some people it's just blood. shy yep. away from men, from, you know, the, that power influence from any... Some people do. Some and then people some people have the opposite. So I, yeah. there's so much to learn about it. I just I want to say, first of all, I'm sorry you had to experience that. Um, and you know, here you are being able to even just share that with me. So thank you for sharing that because it's not easy to share those stories, right? No, not at all. Um, and, you know, for me, like growing up and have been molested when I was younger by an uncle, I did come pretty sexualized <laughs> early because I thought I didn't have any boundaries. I didn't know what boundaries were. I always felt like, you know, this happened, this is like normal, you know, cause I didn't know how to identify well, that. And um, people that haven't had a first kiss, that's scary, but if you've been kissed fully when you're, touched you or know, raped or fucked, whatever, at a yeah. young age, like physical contact isn't butterflies and exciting. It's yeah, like, it's, it's not, not yeah. or something. This, this is norm, right? Mm. Um, but then when the rape happened, it woke up a sleeping giant in me. It was like, who, I'm, I have boundaries now. Like, you know what I mean? Mm. Don't touch me, don't do nothing that I don't want you to do. You know what I mean? And when, um, because I was strangled, I used to always wear turtlenecks all the time because I didn't mm. want anybody to feel like this was a sexual, you know, because necks are sexy. You know what I'm saying? Erogenous zone for a lot of us. <laughs> yes, you got the long neck and then, you know, like, so I used to wear these turtlenecks. And then I snapped out of it one day and I bought this choker and I used to wear this choker around my neck all the time because I'm like, I decide what's around my neck. You know what I mean? And I took control of that. And I started making chokers. And, like, you know, there's some of my favorite things to wear because this is mine. Um, and it's, you know, like, when I started my healing journey, I did begin, like, this self-love. Like, you know, can't nobody tell me nothing. I'm still a woman. I'm still feminine. I'm still sexy. And I can do that. And that doesn't mean that you can come touch me. That doesn't mean that you can come think that you can talk to me any type of way. Um, right. And I definitely, I, I took control of myself again. You know what I mean? And I started pole dancing because yes, she wants to learn how to do the pole. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And yes, I post, you know, body images on my personal page. Um, but you know, modeling, I do artistic nudes. It's my body. So mm-hmm. at this point, like I know what's mine. Um, and I identify with myself very clearly now. Mm-hmm. Um, and no one can take that from me. And no one can question me too, because don't come from me. <laughs> you know, like I'm not, I'm not that very vulnerable girl that I was before like you know what did it take time to reclaim that part of yourself I have to imagine it 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 would uh yeah I I gotta imagine it doesn't happen overnight like everybody has their process I'm wondering what it is to even get back to a place where I, I don't know can you like even enjoying physical contact or or even opening yourself up to intimacy on any level i have to imagine is is not it's easy. Tough. it's not what yeah. it was before it definitely was you know like like you know the first um experience with sexual violence i had didn't know what that was so i didn't know boundaries so intimacy I, you know i was open um mm. who wanted 
<laughs> not really wanted, but you know, it was just, I was allowing myself to just be involved in situations because I didn't have any boundaries. Um, and then I had serious boundaries after the rape, you know, um, and I had a boyfriend at the time and I was like, I don't want to be in a relationship. I'm trying to figure my life out. And he's the only person in my life that I've ever been intimate with that I, you know, I've ever been in a relationship with that I don't talk to anymore. Um, you know, God's grace. Um, you know what I mean? There's a reason why he's not around, but, um, it did take me a little while to kind of get back into the intimacy thing. Um, but what I realized is that not everybody's, not every man is bad, <laughs> you know? Um, I had, you know, a few bad apples in the bunch, but I've met so many wonderful men throughout my life that even after when I went back to the school, they would walk me to my car. Uh, like the security guards in my building knew what happened to me. And like when I parked, they were like, Brie, I'm watching you. I'm making sure you're safe. So there was, you know, these guys who were very protective of me. They didn't even know me really, but they knew what I experienced and they wouldn't allow that to happen again. Um, and it really started opening my eyes to like, you know, this is just an instant, you know, and it's a person that I did not know. But then all these other strangers are just helping and being, you know, respectful and being very particular of how I'm treated or how people, you know, where I'm doing, where I'm going, you know, and just making sure that I was safe. Um, and that kind of opened me to like starting to get into relationships again, you know, meeting people and being open and just knowing that there are more good people than there are bad, honestly. Um, but unfortunately, the bad ones really take take the cake, <laughs> you know. Um, terrible. What's, the, what's that quote? People say like you, people don't remember what you what you said specifically, but they remember how you made them feel. Made them feel, yeah. And yeah. a lot of times, like good feelings can go by like beautiful clouds in the sky, like oh that was mm. lovely, right? But the bad ones is like a real thunderstorm, like a lightning yeah. strike. So strike, yeah. you remember the lightning strike more than the beautiful clouds that passed by, unfortunately. Yeah. Like there's so many beautiful clouds that pass by, beautiful sunny yeah. days, but you remember getting struck by lightning, yeah. <laughs> and it only happened yeah. once or twice. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. it just that reminds me of it. Um, oh, there was another question I had when Mecca was talking. I'm, I'm so oh. sorry. No, no, I remember. No, I remember. <laughs> I remember. I got a lot to say <laughs> on this subject. Um, along the way, so I would say I, I live my younger life pretty quick. So. Only did one year of college. This happened at the end of it. And then Hurricane Katrina hit. And then, um, you know, where do I go? I ended up here with mm -hmm. a man who, it wasn't sexual abuse, but it was just physically abuse, abused me mm -hmm. on my 20th birthday. It was over just like that. Called the cops. They couldn't find him. So it was just over. Right. Yeah. Um, the guy that consoled me was celibate for like two years before I met him. It was beautiful. Like we could have a relationship without sex. And he was just there for me. Yeah. When I opened up to him, and really told him my story. I thought I felt safe, so safe. Mm. And then we got married and that didn't last very long because along with my story, I minimized what I had been through. I told him the violent part, but then I minimized <laughs> the after part, including threesomes, drugs, whatever, the things that I tried afterwards, mm -hmm. which was like the year before I met him. Yeah. And because of that, he wanted to experience all those things that he hadn't done before me so mm -hmm. he had been so it was so complicated and and then i was back in the crap that i had created after the abuse you didn't create you didn't create anything well the, my my response i was back in the response behavior trying to make him happy which is another mm -hmm. form of i mean emotional verbal yeah. romantic abuse which he didn't mean to do because he was very immature he was i was 20 he was 28 mm -hmm. but i think he it's important for people to hear that I, I think he was just curious and didn't he wanted to try things and he was jealous and he didn't understand that me being sexual after an abuse meant that it was i was actually affected by it he thought i got over it and had a lot of fun having sex mm. and that he wanted to play and like have okay. threesomes or how because because you don't you don't you don't take I made into it sound account fun. Yeah, no, you don't take into account how deep that rabbit hole goes right. when you're he when you're a guy. He didn't know how abuse goes. Right? No, of course not, because most of us, most of us, men, women, etc., are not educated on what the after effect of abuse looks like. We're not we're not educated on what the victims look like. We have no idea. You picture this traumatized person in in their head walking around he shaking, hair and kind right? Of but when you hear when you hear i had a bunch of threesomes i had a bunch of sex i had a bunch of 
different partners for for fun. Right. Yeah. There are plenty. There are plenty of of men, and this this doesn't have anything to do with with dealing with a victim. If if a regular guy or a regular woman is going to want to experience the life that you described, if it's something that they've never done and they consider it fun. If I'm dating a woman and I tell her that I used to be rich and I used to uh, continent hop all the time, right? And now right. I'm now I'm saving my money and I'm doing something a little Why different. Why can't we have the private plane that you yes, used to play on? She's, she has every right to be like, wait a minute, wait a minute. I wanted to sign up for that. Like that, that sounded right. awesome. How come we're not doing that stuff? And I go, no, listen, when I was spending was money like that, like, yeah, it was yeah. super problematic. I was. I didn't know who drugs. my friends were. I was, I was. I was running from right. people. They were going to kill me. Like you don't. You have no idea. That wasn't fun for me. It, it was something right, else. Right. You know, and it's really hard to hear that when you're like, yeah, but all the pictures look fun. Right. <laughs> right. Right. That's right. It, 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 back on the guys' tip. Like, uh, yeah. Well, after that happened, you know, I kind of went a little crazy, and I, I had a bunch of three. I wanted to be wanted, and I wanted to prove that I could. Yeah. yeah, I was in all the parties, all the clubs, and I was having a ball. I mean, not having a ball, but you know, I was doing all this, doing these things. That and then fun. he goes, "Well, wait a minute. I want to. I want to do those things. I've never had a threesome before. Wait, you actually do threesomes? Holy crap! That we, I got a girl that do does threesome. Yeah, like <laughs> score. And you never think about. Yeah. Very few of us think about what's behind that that yes. thing that we want to do like why somebody was motivated that's it right. it's the motivation yeah. to do xyz a b and right. c that most of us don't question right you don't, yeah. you don't and question this comes down why to those listening person. this comes down to yeah. listening then because when i did explain i don't want to do that because it wasn't good it wasn't healthy i got married because i wanted one partner for the rest of my life he yeah. was just like what He's like, so I got in on the wrong floor? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you did. Yeah, that like, was do over. Do you want to stay on this floor or do right. you want to go? Right. Yeah, where else? And then, and then it, it proceeded to be more abuse because he would like trick me into like couples popping up at our apartment, like sending oh, out wow. pictures to couples on Craigslist. It was bad. And that's why it ended. On Craigslist? Yeah, couples for couples. There's like these these meetup pages. It was crazy. This is before the craziest killer. Yeah, he was trying I'm to get us killed. I'm not laughing. I just heard. He was Bree, trying to get us I just killed. Heard under the breath. <laughs> no, but seriously, there was like male female for male female. There was this whole like underground weird meetup, and the only reason oh, yeah, I found out is because our emails were attached somehow, and they were like messaging me, and on the reply, it would have a picture that I did not approve, like of us. Mm -hmm. Like, oh. and where is this loser? Um, he was in New York last time I heard, but he also okay. tried to ask me to never speak about him. And I was like, that'll never happen because it's part of my I life. Too. I mean, first of all, yeah, exactly. I don't You're name names because I'm not trying now. to ruin anyone's <laughs> life. I would like him to become a better person. Yeah. I don't see it happening or I didn't last time I... Yeah. But you didn't say his name, so, you know. Yeah, he's, he's and I don't. He's here's part hoping, of your story, so. Here's hoping yeah. he grew up. Here's yeah. hoping karma taught him a lesson. Um, mm -hmm. as far as, uh... Brianna's do guy. That thing to anyone else. So. Yeah, no. As far as Bri Brianna's, um, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Assaultant. Uh, uh, yeah, like rapist. 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 You know? Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Why am I mincing words? As far as Brianna's <laughs> rapist, I hope karma catches him. Like in the in, the, I, I don't, I don't, I don't care about right. him growing, but I hope, I hope his punishment, I hope his reward for that finds him. Right. It's the kind of like as a as a man. That hearing those kind of stories, it, it's like nails on a chalkboard. It's one of those things like, where was I? Like, why couldn't I have been there to like break this dude's neck uh, in, in three places? Like that, it's, it, I, I don't know, I can't speak to anyone else. I know me and my circle of, of men specifically, ooh. Shit like that, just like when you hear about it, it oh, I got three it's sisters, a mom, tons of aunts, bunch of cousins. The the thought of that is just next. Like even Crystal, we'll do this show. I see dudes, and me and Crystal are like brother and sister. You wouldn't know by looking at us. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you still love the different father. Right, but even when even when we're doing the show and some of our male guests, maybe they don't mean any. I, I like to think most of them don't mean any harm. It's just like really mm. flirting. But I get protective of her 
just on yeah. that hey, hey slow down playboy besides the fact that i know who her boyfriend is and he's my big homie yeah, and the man is the size <laughs> he's like a volkswagen with a hat on like so i don't i don't want none of that smoke <laughs> at all a volkswagen with a hat yeah if, if you if you see him necklace is supposed to be jewelry with him it's a whole out it's a look it's it's not you know head and shoulders is a shampoo but with him it's a lifestyle it's just, <laughs> this part is gone so you make me cry in a good way <laughs> i'm not saying i'm just saying like i i get protective mm-hmm. over women that i i care about i get protective yeah. over people in general like that yeah. level of victimization to anyone it is just it, it just does something to me like some, something yeah. about that just yeah it's unacceptable I have, a, really. I have a big question and this i have to be careful how i ask this okay i was raised quaker we've gone over this before in the whatever i was raised super pacifist super turn the other cheek honestly mm-hmm. and i have changed my opinion on that various times back and forth and then back again um I have a big thing with reasons versus excuses. Like you were talking about whining versus venting. Mm -hmm. There are reasons for everything that we do. There are reasons that people do what they do. It's not an excuse, doesn't make it okay. I always Mm -hmm. want to understand. And understanding isn't co-signing. Understand Mm -hmm. why people do sexual assault, abuse, rape. Um, A lot of times, this is my favorite quote, is hurt people hurt people. Mm -hmm. Most people that do violent behavior either had it done to them at some point or are completely broken from some experience so not much sympathy for rapists but what is causing it and how and 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 how do you feel about repercussions and and punishment Um, and you know he wants to break his neck in three places but also what do we really do so that's um, a two-part question the justice system has a chance. I mean, like, yeah, like you said, most people that have are committing these crimes um, have been affected by those crimes. Um, that gives you no excuse to do those crimes. You know what I mean? It's like, it's not about uh, what has happened to you now. Now it's what you've done to someone else at this right. point. Though so there, um, there is empathy in the sense of sorry that that happened to you. Um, but there is no sympathy for you once you have committed a crime. Period. Um, So I have no sympathy for any rapist or any child molester or any of that. Yeah, that's happened to you. You know, now you're in. You you should have dealt with that. You need to deal with that. But you also. You know, but like now you affected someone's whole life too. You know what I mean? Your life was affected. Now you're. Now it's a whole ripple effect of more people being affected by it. Um, There's just no sympathy for for any of them um, in my book. Um, But yeah, I mean. You know, hurt people do hurt people, but um, once you hurt people, then now you're responsible. You're the hurter. <laughs> yeah, now yeah, you're now you're responsible for that hurt um, we, at this point, and it's just book. okay. Yeah, and thank you for justice, putting it that way. Yeah, yeah, and the justice system just has to be better. Like you know, a lot of times, um, you know, all these sex offenders, like how are you a fucking sex offender? And then you're just on a registration list, you know. And then sometimes you can still be around schools. You're still like it's an illness, <laughs> you know what I mean? Mm. It's a it's a sickness that people have. Um, it's not like, you know, you're going out to, you know, sell drugs to make money. Um, right. You're, you know what I mean? It's not like a slightly moral issue. It's a big human. Selling drugs is a victimless crime. I've never seen anybody go who, who didn't buy drugs, who wasn't looking for drugs. Drug dealers can't sell to people who are not buying. That is a, that you are here for the drugs. You showed up looking for the I've been in this city my entire life. I've only known one person in my life that sold Coke, and that was a surprise. She had to just come out the blue and be like, oh, by the way, I'm doing this. And I had no idea she was doing that. You have to go find the drug guy. You you have to go looking for them. They're not advertising. You got to know a guy. So if you're buying drugs, like you want drugs. Yeah. Like no one's asking you to rape me. Exactly. You know what I mean? Like no one's exactly. like rape me, victimize me, harm me, kill me. Like no one's asking. Well, you know, no one's asking for those. Right, there's things. not a network. I'm hoping. Yeah. No. Nah. no. In the in the circles where that kind of where that kind of sexual play is is sought, 
it's consensual. It's it's yeah. very consensual all the way across the board. There, it's way. Safe, oh, we're talking human trafficking levels of wealthy people buying children and women like that. Yeah, no, no, I'm not. I'm, I'm only talking about people <laughs> no. who have the ability to consent. That's right. that's those are the only people right. I'm describing here, and those people are consenting and also seeking out. But we right. should stop confusing what right. somebody likes in bed versus someone who well, rape a fantasy victim versus rape and a, versus and a rapist. Things. Right, like two yeah. completely BDSM totally is separate different things. than beating yeah. shit out of somebody. And, you know, and consent is sexy, right? Like you know, when you have sex with someone and because you want to have sex, it's good. <laughs> it's different, you yeah. know. Um, Factory sex. And it's just. And seeing yeah. someone enjoy what you're doing to them is supposed to be the turn it, it on. Not seeing good. somebody not enjoy what you're doing. That's when you're well, broken. We, we would never, you're, yeah, we would never I'm saying you're, that mindset. Yeah, but that's when you're broken. That's when you're talking about the illness part. If that's yeah. what you enjoy, then that's the problem with you. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, 100%. I'm, I'm, I'm anti, I'm, I'm anti, once you, I believe there are certain things that only God should be able to forgive you for and everybody else like that. that it's a wrap for you. Like if you've crossed that yeah. line, if you've done that, <laughs> right. if, if, if you've done that, you in remember? my opinion, that's that's an irredeemable. There's there's nothing else for us to talk about. Like you that remember? whole snapping your neck in three places. Like I feel like that should be the prerequisite. Do you remember the end of Inglorious Bastards when he carves the swastika yeah. in the forehead? Should be some sort of universal sign. Oh, it should. That would be oh, great. Like a glowing, a glowing. What's it called? Like a microchip. That's that's what. What's his face? Should get into Bill Gates. microchipping. Yeah. Oh, Bill Gates. Rapists. Yeah. If you want to microchip, people microchip. Let's let's chip racist. Let's chip yeah. racist. Racist, um, rapists, and racist, rapists, Trump supporters. Let's let's get let's get the whole batch. <laughs> And just knock that out like one good time. All right, let's get them on some <laughs> little private island by themselves. How about uh, yo? Okay, no, she just hit it. I gotta say it. Okay, I've all, I have this thing. <laughs> I think all people who support Trump, all Proud Boys, all like Clan, all that stuff. I <laughs> think they should all move to one state, right? I think Trump should be the governor. Like, just pick a state, like whatever state. <laughs> Milwaukee, Arkansas, one of those red states. One of the Dakotas. My it's family's horrible. from Milwaukee. Milwaukee. Okay, so let's move the Dakotas. over. Let's Come on, the Dakotas. Or, 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 or here's what'll happen. We have all those people who support Trump and love Trump. We all, they all get to move to one specific state. They all get to be like nurses, doctors, whatever job that they had in their state, they get to have that job over in this state. Everybody okay. who had that job in the state that is now Trumpville, they get to leave and go to the state that the other person came from and they get to automatically slot into their job. So everybody just seamlessly moves. You trade houses, you trade apartments. And if Trump is mm -hmm. so great, let him be the governor. Y'all chill out Good down there. Nobody <laughs> wear a mask. Y'all just y'all just kick it and, and just Corona Open the it up. Cause no, none of y'all believe in it anyway. And we yeah. just call that natural selection. And then we build the wall. You can have the wall that you wanted. We'll just build the wall around your state. And no one who's like not that. a Trump supporter can come in. And you can, no Democrats, no liberals. You get to all be conservative Republicans right in that spot. And just kick it. Just kick it. Just kick it. They <laughs> have nobody just to kick. kick it. They like kicking people who are down. There'd be nobody to kick. They come up with some new problems. They just haters. But they, they would can figure do out how to hate on each of their wall. Like just okay, stay in there and, and enjoy yeah. yourself. Whatever you like, just do it. Just fine. Fair enough. We at the very end of our podcast, I want to bring this up. I would love yeah. to know con to continue this, and how other people can continue this valuable information from you and your organization to follow the beautiful pics and the good information and healing. Yes. Um, <laughs> please um, go to. Voices Beyond Assault, um, Voices Beyond Assault um, on IG. Uh, we actually just started a Voices Beyond Assault Espanol for people who actually speak Spanish and the Spanish community. Uh, we just started that today. Bravo. Uh, yeah, I know. Exciting. Because, um, you know, like marginalized groups, you know, it's like, yeah. you know, BIPOC, transgender, you know, blacks, you know, are very marginalized and their voices yeah. aren't really amplified. You know, even with the Me Too movement, it started by a black woman, but then it turned out to be a whole nother movement. Yeah. Um, 
So follow us at Voices Beyond Assault. Go to our website at voicesbeyondassault.org. Um, donate because what we do is we really um, are creating like safe spaces for survivors. We're creating, you know, empowerment for survivors, survivorships. Um, and we're doing innovative therapy for survivors. So we do yogas every week. Um, we're going to start doing sound baths and we're going to do like some pole dancing classes. We're going to do boxing sessions, um, self-care events where we, you know, sponsor survivors with spa days and things of that nature that they need to heal. Eventually, my vision is to have a safe house um, around the world where, you know, survivors can just come. If they're triggered, if they're feeling anything, they come. There's rooms you can write. There's They're on the beach. Um, it's almost like, you know, therapy. You know how anybody who's headed on on drugs heavy on drugs they have right. therapy where they can go detox. to these houses yeah, these, yeah. yeah detox spots so it's like right. you know like emotionally sometimes you need to detox um and i really want to create a safe space for that so all donations one dollar helps um voicebeyondassault.org follow us on voice beyond assault on ig um facebook voice beyond assault and um you'll see a lot of voices beyond assault. So a lot of stories that are being shared on our platform. We do Survivor Connects. We do Now Let's Heal campaigns. Um, healing looks good on you. Um, so whatever you're going through, whatever you're experiencing, knowing that in your process of healing, it looks good on you. It shows that you're poor. It shows that you're grace. Um, so work on healing yourself. Um, you're not alone in any type of situation. Um, if you ever need to reach out, contact us. Um, we provide help for anybody. You know, if they need spot session, if they need therapy, we connect them with therapists and things of that nature. Um, yeah, we just want, you know, survivors to know that you just so thrive at post-trauma. This is so beautiful. I that, just want to thank you. That leads oh, yeah. and speaking my, how you are. My, wait, wait, wait. That leads into my very last question. What does your future look like for you specifically? What what are we looking at here? Uh, uh, fly wife, fly mom, fly auntie. Like what what part of the game or what what are you looking forward to in in your future? Um, I'm definitely looking forward to being married one day, having a child one day, creating a life or lives. <laughs> um, twins one in the family, so hopefully I'll be blessed oh, to just not at one time. Yeah. <laughs> Apparently, um, in here. Ah. And, you know, and I really just look forward to um, Voice Beyond Assault being one of the biggest nonprofit organizations um, that's advocating against sexual violence. Um, I really want to create safe spaces for people. I want to speak around the world to really empower um, survivors and um, maybe a few films in the making. <laughs> um, you'll probably see me on a few commercials coming up soon. Um, you know, I just want to live my life full. You know, I always think about like Chad, Chadwick um, and how everything that he had in him, he exhausted on this earth. He really did. And he left a legacy. Um, I always say you're born one year, there's that dash and then you're gone whatever year. But what mm -hmm. does that dash, what did you do in that dash to create a legacy for yourself and for your family? Um, and something that's still going to empower people and you know, people that always have kind things to say about you um, because, you know, you live full um, and you loved, yeah, you loved heavy. So, um, my, one of my favorite books is called Immortality and the whole basis is that you can't live forever, but your story can. Like, what, what mark mm -hmm. you leave. Like, that's immortality is when people continue yeah. to speak about what you did and who you were. So. Yeah, yeah, just live. I just want to live full. Um, I want to love. Um, and continue to be loved and just empower people to know that there's their strengths um because despite all the the trauma that you experience in life like you still um you still it's like that little bud rose <laughs> it's just like you're just blossoming out you know so you know all the thorns that are below you you know are below you you know what i mean it's up to you to keep watering yourself and to blossom and um you know that's it <laughs> it's one of my favorite episodes ever yeah, oh, thank you, love. <laughs> it was a pleasure talking to you. And really, um, thank you for sharing your story. Um, you know, you're, again, you're not alone. And I'm here if you ever feel like you need someone to talk to. If you, you know, want to do some alternative therapy, do yoga with us. Um, you know, those type of innovative therapy methods. Um, yeah. You know, and what you experience, like even after, what you did after is a trauma response. You know, not everybody is recluse. You know, most people just like, this is, you know, it's kind of like them emptying out and trying to take power, like you said, trying to take their power back from what happened to them. Um, so you're not alone in that either. And um, I'm glad that we did this episode. I'm glad that I met Mecca. Um, you're a platform to 
help create yeah this. yeah <laughs> for sure um you're a gem i'm glad that i met you i really am well Amen. good yeah. to hear that because you're not getting rid of me that easy just, <laughs> we're in this episode. for the long haul yeah that, that's it for you it sucks for you but here i am <laughs> Uh, That's pretty great. Thank you so much. (laughs) Again, thank you so much for sharing this. We we will be checking back in with you for an update when something else happens. You'll be able to come here and talk about it. Uh, We're going to keep this safe space thing rolling. As long as I've got some hair on my head, we're going to just... Let the, let the party flow. Well, that, that's that's what you got safety. There, there's your safety. In the meantime, don't count on Mike. But go ahead. <laughs> it, well, she's got wigs, so there you go. <laughs> in the meantime, in between time, I'm your man, Mr. Mac, and I'm Crystal Levin. This has been the Eminem and M Show, aka the Okay Show. May you live as long as you want and never want as long as you live. Do us all a favor. Go get laid. Peace with consent. Yo, what up? This is Flex Alexander. It's your man, man, Carl Payne. And you're listening to the M and M and M show. Okay. We're not just a radio station. We're a movement. The all new Fubu Radio. Playing the hip hop and R&B hits of today and yesterday.